Welcome to the show. <laughs> Great to be with you, Paul George, Deacon Adam Conk. Welcome back. Advent! Advent, we had Thanksgiving. We took the week off, you and I. Yeah, we did. From life. Not, I was on for life. Not all life. Yeah. But like work and recording. Right. And although we would have loved to see each other and record, I was out of town for the Thanksgiving holiday. Yeah, you went to, uh, what, Georgia? Georgia. Wow. Yep, got to see some of my fam, mom, sister, you know. They're doing uh, okay? Yeah, great. I mean, it was kind of a cool trip. We, uh, all the family went, which is, you know, as I say that, it's uh, easier, I mean, harder these days to do that because we have kids out of the house, so just aligning everyone's schedules and just making it happen. Part of the best part of the trip, man, was uh, actually our time together in the car. We're all together. We yeah. Haven't, we haven't seen each other in a long time. You know, everybody's all over. So we had that. We had sick people. We had a fun trip. We had food. We had lots of driving. We had all the things. The roller coaster. Yeah. Good, yep. good for you, man. Yeah. How was your week? It was very good. I uh, focused on extended family and busy with some folks I hadn't seen in a while. Um, before Thanksgiving. Right. I always tell myself every holiday where I'm like, I haven't seen you since last Thanksgiving. Yeah. I say, okay, during the year, I'm just going to come visit that person. Gotcha. And I never do it. <laughs> so yeah. this year I was like, all right, it may be two days before Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. but I'm going to see this person to visit them. Well, that's so nice of you. And it worked out. So, I mean, we loaded the van, took right. a couple of trips. It was great. Yeah. And, um, yeah. And, you know, we love Advent around the Paul George show. It's uh, we love seasons. Yeah, we do. We're seasonal. We, I mean, we like spring, summer, fall, and winter. We do like those seasons. We yeah. like hunting and fishing season. Yeah, I mean, if there is such, right? Yeah, yeah. But we love the liturgical seasons. Oh yeah, you know, absolutely. I, I love Advent and Lent and Christmas and Easter. But anyway, like yeah. Well, in this Advent, I have a special treat of being in a grit group. During Advent, man, we we're on. We just finished week four, yeah, of our grit group. Halfway through, started in Advent, and so like the rest of the grit group is going to be during Advent. It's awesome. Yeah, it certainly added a, a new element. Um, I might do that every year, just journey with some group of men specifically mm-hmm. during Advent because I don't know, it's just something about it. Like it, it yeah. I don't want to sound cliche, but holding more me more accountable. Maybe it's more than that though. It's it's like a brotherhood during advent is kind of new yeah seasons allow us the liturgical seasons that in the church's um wisdom allow us a time to really focus in spiritually you know not that we shouldn't you know all year but like it, mm. it does kind of like move us in a direction hone us in and it is a good time to do a book study or a guy's group women's group couples whatever Go to confession, adoration, get plugged into your parish, go on retreat, do all sorts of things, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, for those of you guys that don't know, the grit group we're doing is a men's group where we meet, actually meet online, Zoom, but we're all together. Like, it's live. Yeah, it's not in a chat room. <clears throat> it's not dangerous. No. It's on Zoom. Yeah. But it's been very <laughs> fruitful. Like, yeah. man, some powerful, awesome things are happening in dudes' lives, including my own, you know? Yeah. I mean... I've been benefiting. And I mean, the idea of brotherhood helping you change and convert, I'd never really given that the right place, I think. But the Advent project of preparing the way of the Lord by changing, by converting, by doing penance, so that we welcome Jesus at Christmas with a new heart, 
I've always just kind of done that alone hmm. in a certain sense. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like I have my normal friendships, oh, but the idea of, oh, I want a group just for that purpose to change. Right. Has really paired well, like a fine wine with a steak at Advent. Hmm. It's been a good pairing. Yeah. You know, we've had some good <laughs> starts of shows and we've had some that have like ramped up slowly. This one seems to be like a slow start of a show. You ever feel that way? It's just like, <laughs> but we're going to, we're going to like ramp up. We're going to, we have some good themes. We're going to talk about Advent and family and, you know, there's some, you know, we're going to dive in to those things. But, you know, speaking of Advent and family, there's some interesting traditions out there that aren't necessarily Catholic, mm-hmm. okay, or Christian, mm-hmm. all right? So I, this week, have a have you seen. What did you say? That is so interesting. Oh, for real, though? All right, so this is the culture that just, just keeps giving. I have no idea what you're about to say. Right? I can't it, wait. It just keeps giving and giving and giving, and you never know. All right, so you know there's just tradition that years ago, like we've never done it, but like some people have, and it's fine. Like I don't... I don't whatever, have fun with, with Christmas and Advent. So people jump into Christmas way early. Like people, mm-hmm. you know, jumping into Christmas. Now, like we love to decorate for Christmas, but we focus on Advent. And then when Christmas comes, we do Christmas. But we do have decorations up. Like mm-hmm. we, we like to kind of enter into the season and our Advent wreaths up, but like Christmas stuff, like it just helps us to kind of focus. Anyway, all that being said, there's a tradition that happened years ago. It's like Elf on the Shelf. Mm-hmm. You've heard of it? Oh, I've heard of it. Okay, we've never done it, but like there's an Elf on the Shelf and there's a gift each day. I mean, it's like whatever. Like we can't keep up with more gifts and, mm-hmm. you know, more things. Like, right. you know, five kids, you got nine, you know, it's like out of control. But Elf on the Shelf is this tradition, right? Like, Oh, it is. Okay. So there's a spinoff on Elf on a Shelf. I don't know if you've seen this. I don't think I have. Okay. It's called Snoop on a Stoop. Snoop on a Stoop. Yeah. Snoop like the dog or Snoop like... Like the, Snoop Dogg, the rapper. The rapper. Okay. Yep. Not Snoopy the dog, but mm. Snoop Dogg. No. So Snoop Dogg, the rapper. It's called Snoop <laughs> on a Stoop. You can buy a little doll You're that, kidding. that's Snoop Dogg, and he's it's Snoop Dogg dressed like an elf. You're kidding. Yep, got his dreads, sunglasses, old doll, an elf costume, and it's like an elf that would sit on a shelf, but a stoop, snoop on a stoop. He's actually got a a, a marijuana joint. Like you're kidding? No shame in his game. On the thing, like I'm looking at it right now. So the doll actually comes like total snoop look. Wow, snoop on a stoop, and it's four children. It's four children, you guys, and this is what's amazing about it. You know, <laughs> that is amazing. Mm-hmm. Is this new this year? Must be. Just I'm getting wind of it. Yeah. I mean, this is like, he must be making money on this marketing, you know, but like people are doing this. And I'm thinking myself, like, what's the limit of what you do for your family to like influence for the good of your family to focus in on what Christmas is really about? Nothing against Snoop Dogg. I've never met him. Right. You know, um, but I would just say like in, in our house, Snoop on a stoop, would not help us focus on the season. But yeah. it is hysterical. That is hysterical. Goodness gracious. You, you got to take a look at this. Like every, <laughs> there's every doll you buy has a marijuana joint in the mouth. Like there's not one without it. You're like, hey, can I get it without the joint for my kids? No. There's one in there. It's tough. Mm-hmm. You should try it. I don't know. I don't know if I'll try this one. Um, 
Yeah, and again, nothing against Snoop Dogg. I don't know him either. I'd love to hang out with him, actually, if I had a list of people to hang out with as possibilities. He would probably and be he a, was on the list. a great hang. Yeah, like, totally. let's visit for a bit. Yeah. But, uh, uh, and, he, and he's probably got some, he's probably, I mean, he's, he's a great songwriter. So you, mm-hmm. you obviously know, like, he's brilliant. He's poetic, right. you know, so, like, he'd probably be a great hang. But I'm just saying, like, what's crazy about this time in this season, right, is, like, there are a ton of distractions from, mm-hmm. like, the honing in on the meaning of Advent, right? Yeah. Um, like, tons of distractions. To just be like, oh, I need to start shopping, you know, like normal stuff. I need to start decorating and shopping and getting into the, and the Christmas is coming. And this whole time, like Advent is happening, which is, is the season of waiting, of patience, of slowness, of like slowing down, right? So you and your wife are expecting in December, Mm -hmm. like soon, right? Week and a half, yeah. Any day, right? Yeah, it could happen today. I can get a call right now. Right. And you know this, the amount of children you've had, but it doesn't take long to learn this, is that um, pregnancy is nine months. Like yeah. you, you don't find out you're pregnant and the next day you have a baby. There's this period of gestation. There's this period of the baby growing. There's nine months of waiting and like journey, right? Mm-hmm. Advent is that. It, it is this season of like slow pace, waiting, journeying. You know, and it's almost like if Advent could actually be nine months, you know, because Mary's pregnancy was nine months, you know, mm-hmm. it, it is it is like nine months within three and a half weeks of just like that slow pace of like just being and waiting and sitting in the journey with Jesus and the and the Holy Family, right? Yeah. Well, and waiting is opposite of materialism and secularism and whatever ism would lead to someone buying a doll that's getting high we should come up with like something like you know there's elf on the shelf snoop on the stoop like i don't know jesus jesus uh, comes to save us <laughs> yeah like can we, can... i've heard of mary on the mantle mary on the mantle that's a thing that's a good um, one you know like... but but waiting takes the scripture tells us wait on the lord be stout-hearted and wait for the lord take courage and wait for the lord um this idea of waiting takes courage because what it is, it's the courage to not have the pleasure you want right now. Correct. And that does take courage because it you have to be brave enough to admit whatever the pleasure is right now that I want, there's a greater thing coming. There's a greater thing available. And the immediate gratification of a materialistic or hedonistic or drug-induced anything, right? <laughs> that immediate gratification is not worth paying that, like like Jesus said, you've gotten your reward, hmm. right? But be glad when you're sad now, when you're more now, because your reward be great in heaven. So when right. you're waiting for the heavenly reward, which is Advent, you wait. That takes a lot of bravery and courage. It takes a heart that really is willing to give up the immediate pleasure. Yeah. And uh, that's what Advent is. Yeah, that's where you're talking about this great group. It's like... It, it's slowing everyone's life down to focus in on the things that are most important spiritually, right? Mm-hmm. And an Advent, like just encouraging each other in the group, even <clears throat> to take the readings each day during Advent, like just to sit with the journey of Jesus and Mary and Joseph and the whole, like everything that's just happening and going on, right? Like this Sunday, like we're going to, we're going to hear this proclamation from John the Baptist about, you know, Jesus coming and, and like what's to come. And there's this, proclamation of like 
Christ is coming, right? And this is Advent, like Jesus is coming, you know? So we, we celebrate, yeah, like two comings in Advent, like the second coming that, that Christ will come back and, and our reward would be great, right, in mm-hmm. heaven. And, and yet we also sit with this reality that Jesus came as an infant baby and saved us, and that's already happening. So we, we, we sit in this journey and we're called to slow our pace. Look, there's no one else on earth probably that struggles with this more than me. Mm-hmm. Like just slowing down, slowing my mind down, slowing my heart down, slowing my pace down. Like just being peaceful in the moment, Jesus. Not thinking too much about Christmas, but like staying in the moment. But isn't that the spiritual life? Yeah. Like to stay in in the present moment to be with Jesus in each moment, not think ahead, not think in the past, but just be in the moment. Well, it's the spiritual life because it's, it's who Jesus is. Jesus waits on his father for everything in his life. From the time he was conceived to when he was born to when he died on the cross, he never outpaced the heavenly father. He never went ahead of him. He only said what the father gave him to say. He only did what the father gave him to do. He always, by the power of the spirit, waited for his father's will to do anything. So to wait on the Lord means to wait for him to be ready to move me. And that is the spiritual life because it's Jesus's life. Jesus is a true son. He's not the father. He's not the one to initiate anything. Hmm. He receives everything from the father. And so you and I, if we're going to be actually spiritually alive, be saints, we have to learn that skill, that discipline of waiting for God to move, and then I'll move. Waiting for God to speak, and then I'll speak. Waiting for God to make his will known before I decide I know what his will is. And that yeah. takes a lot of courage. Yeah, I mean, it's not it's not a cultural um, thing to wait, to be patient. I mean, think about when you were engaged to be married. Mm-hmm. You know, how many times, like, honestly, like, in your mind, or even you told Marianne, like, let's just elope. <laughs> right like, like let's just get this done and get married right mm-hmm. like i remember this long engagement thing and let's just you know but there is a there's a part of the patience of engagement of waiting to get married of preparing for what's to come right mm-hmm. like to prepare your heart and your mind to make this covenantal commitment for the rest of your life like you know what i'm saying yeah but there was a point in it is like let's just elope like let's just go get married like let's just end this waiting i'm right. tired of being patient let's have christmas on december 1st right yeah. Let's put Snoop on the stoop and focus on that. <laughs> like, let's put the elf on the shelf and focus on that. And and look, like, do do what you want. What I'm saying is, like, if any of those things distract you from entering into the season that God wants you to journey on, then that then it's a distraction. Well, and one of the reasons that prayer is essential to Advent. Now, okay, prayer is always essential, but Advent prayer is a little bit different because it is a prayer of waiting, mm-hmm. and it's essential to Advent because. Prayer takes a really brave heart to wait on the Lord in prayer, to say, Lord, what do you want me to do? Lord, what do you want me to say? Lord, how do you want to move me? It takes so much bravery because you have to give up control of your life to the Lord. It's one thing to say, Jesus is Lord of my life. It's another thing to actually listen to him and let him speak to you and tell you what to do. Hmm. Those are two different things. That's why a couple of gospels ago, two days ago, Jesus said, not everyone who says, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom. Hmm but the one who does the will of my heavenly father. To do that will, you have to wait. You have to ask what the will is, wait for an answer, and then move. Man, we don't like that. We don't like that. But that's okay. There's a lot of things that we don't like that are good for us. 
Like, mm-hmm. you know, broccoli. Like, like, think about that. <laughs> like, there's a lot of things that we don't like that are good for us. Waiting is one of them. Oh, Patience. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of virtues that aren't easy that we don't like to do. To love people who are unlovable or hard to love, to be patient with them, to, you know, there's a lot of things, you know, eating healthy, exercising. I don't, you know, it's not like you're always like, I really like this, you know, having tough conversations with your family or spouse or, you know, that I would say like the majority of things that are good for us, we don't necessarily like choose or love, Mm -hmm. but, but the end result of them are great fruits Right. Mm -hmm. Like, so like one of the things that we talk about in our men's grit group is doing hard things, not just physically hard things, but like emotionally and spiritually hard things. Right. Mm -hmm. And seeing like some of these guys, including us, like do some emotional hard things, like love family members, be present, you know, do some like hard emotional things that are spiritual things that we, we've just kind of like, Oh, I don't really, and doing those, you see like the fruit on the other side of it, and you're like, man, that was good for me. Yeah. It was hard, but it was good. Yeah, if I can be vulnerable for a second. Nobody's listening right now, right? Yeah, it's just everybody. Just me and you. Um, but I have, I have a concrete example of that for sure, because you know one of the grit challenges is uh, if you need to forgive someone or if someone needs to forgive you, like just do it, mm-hmm. right? So I'm, I'm usually a guy that gets along with most people, but for some reason at this point in my life, like I have a few examples of that. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I could work on this. Yeah. And a couple of them, like I've actually tried to resolve mm. and I couldn't. Like I couldn't on my own. Right. And so when I was reading that and I had that conviction, I was like, okay, I want to do that. My initial reaction was to just right away, like text that person, call that person, let's have lunch. But then I had to think for a bit. I was like, I tried that. Mm. I tried that. And I realized I had to wait on the Lord. So I just I just prayed. I said, Lord. But you prayed specifically for this yeah. grace. I'm asking him to resolve the situation. Right, not me, but you do it. Right. You're not avoiding it, but you're putting it in God's hands. Exactly. And I know he's going to, I know he wants me to deal with it, mm-hmm. but apparently not the way I would do it because that didn't work. Right. <laughs> but the way he wants it done. And for that, I have to be patient. I have to ask each day, Lord, is today the day? What do you want me to do? Mm. And um, so just being vulnerable here, but like that's, that's the, type of waiting I think we're talking about mm-hmm. is like our will is always immediate because mm-hmm. it's our will. Right. What I want to do is always right on the top of my mind yeah. because it's what I want to do. Right. God's will is different. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we have to wait right. for him to communicate what to do. It's interesting. You know, you bring that up and I've had some tough conversations already over the holidays that that God's grace is allowed, you know, with family mm-hmm. members and people who just needed someone to talk to and I just found myself available because I had chosen to be. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to be, right? But the grace. But as you're talking, like I'm thinking to myself, and I think a lot of you guys, if you sit back, could agree to this, is the majority of joy that I sense or get in my life comes from doing hard things. Like, honestly. Like, the fruit on the back end is like, man, that was, there's a lot of joy there. And it could be the back end of a tough conversation, the back end of forgiving someone or having reconciliation, the back end of eating right and working out, like the back end of like waking up early and praying, the back end of like having courage to like face a situation, having like all those are hard things it, that I don't naturally be like, I love it. 
mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But the result of it is like this sense of peace and joy that comes through those things. And that's, that's what it is. Like the, the hard part of Advent is the sitting and the waiting and the doing the hard things that God places in front of us. But the fruit of that is what the fruit of Advent is about is joy, mm-hmm. joy to the world, right? Like joy is coming into the world. Peace is coming into the world. That joy and peace has a name. His mm-hmm. name is Jesus. And when we allow Jesus to come into our life and be the center, there's joy, there, there's love, there's grace, you know? And so that's what we sit with in Advent. I want to tie it back to Snoop on the stoop. Yeah, because he's, he's here. There's a, there's a superficial joy. It's kind of like the joint in his mouth. There's a superficial joy when I solve my problems. Mm-hmm. We feel like, oh, I'm, I'm effective. And I know how to do all these things really well. And that doesn't last very long. Because the truth is, we can't really solve all our problems. But the real joy you're describing, the joy to the world, the Lord has come, is when God saves me from whatever. Mm. And so um, a lot of us are seeking the joy of our own competency and adequacy and uh, ability to solve our life Mm. and have it all together as if that's what we're chasing after. But we all know, if you've been a Christian for more than six months, you know that real joy is when you surrender and realize, I really can't do anything. Like, I can't resolve that relationship. I can't make that, you know, I can't do it any of it. But God wants to, and God wants to resolve my my marriage, my my relationship with my kids, my job situations. Like, God cares about me. He loves me, and he wants to save me but I have to lay down my plans, my will, and wait. Put put the joint down. <laughs> put it down. Put it down and wait for the Lord who really saves us. All right, let's take a quick break and we'll be right back. Healthcare that works better and costs less seems like an oxymoron, right? Take a minute and check out our sponsor, Solidarity HealthShare. Members say that faith-based Health sharing is a much better fit than insurance, all while costing less. Prices start at $384 a month for families. Call now to see how much you can save. 844-387-8533. That's 844-387-8533. Welcome back to the show. Great to be with you, Paul George, Deacon Adam Kong in studio. Thanks for listening in, being a part of the show. KLFT Radio here in Lafayette, Acadiana. Uh, we love being a part of the station here. And, of course, on the podcast, uh, wherever you're listening, however you're listening, thanks for being a part of the show. We are back after a week off, season of Advent. We kicked off this week. Super fired up about that. And all the things that God's doing, all the grittiness all the goodness and God's doing it, you know, lots of, lots of things. Um, but I don't know, this is kind of weird. Um, <clears throat> interesting. I'll say that, but, um, I'm, I'm just on a roll. You are this week. So you like butter. I, I did the, have you seen, but I actually have the, the weird Catholic stuff. What? Yep. You don't say. Yes, I do. This is a 
Paul thing. That is really weird, Paul. I know. Why do Catholics act like that? Can't they just be normal? Yeah. You want to say the weird Catholic thing? No. All right. Weird Catholic stuff! You're so good at it. It's And it's live. You've never it's tried not, it. It's not recorded. You might be awesome at it. You know. I've never done it. But here's the deal. This isn't necessarily uh, a weird Catholic thing, okay? But it has to do with Catholics because the Advent calendar and the Advent wreath, right, mm-hmm. is something that we, I don't know the total history of it, like when it actually came to be. Yeah, I looked it up once and I, I forgot. Yeah, we can get that. However, uh, we have it. You know, it's the four weeks of Advent. You know, there's, you know, the, the purple candles, the pink candle in the middle, which you know, right? Mm-hmm. Um, celebrate the, kind of the, the midpoint of Advent and joy and you know, what does the pink stand for? Is it peace? Peace, yeah. And then fourth is joy, which I think, I don't know, maybe maybe it's backwards, actually. Maybe joy is the pink. It's I supposed to, so, I mean, the third Sunday of Advent, we call it Gaudete Sunday because that's the first word of Mass in the traditional rite, Gaudete Rejoice. Mm-hmm. So it should be joy, but I feel like it's peace. I thought it was. I can't remember. Anyway, we've talked <laughs> previously on the show how, like, the culture will take christian traditions and like make them their own Mm -hmm. you know which in part is kind of cool that that faith has infiltrated the culture Mm -hmm. you know but then they just like take it and make money off of it you know like snoop on the stoop yeah like snoop on the stoop you know santa claus came from saint nick you Mm -hmm. know the christmas tree you know all all these you know things and now it's like commercialized Mm -hmm. okay so the advent calendar back on that okay okay here's the weird thing now you can get a coffee and or cheese advent calendar and yeah coffee and cheese you can do either one so it's an advent calendar that um you know is like edible wow Mm mm-hmm yep so if you like a cheese lover and charcuterie board type person you Mm -hmm. know you can get that or if you love coffee you can do a coffee advent calendar each day there's a different coffee and uh, you, you can experience the love of Jesus through caffeine. So, <laughs> through caffeine. Mm-hmm. I mean, I experience that love every day. Actually, the love of Jesus through caffeine. Yeah. Um, but this is something. Yeah. So, is each day different? Yeah. Like, the cheese advent calendar. You can have twenty-four delicious cheeses inside. So different types of cheese. Yeah. Varieties. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna try to make sense of this. Mm-hmm. Um. If that's like your one thing to enjoy each day, then it could kind of make sense. If you normally have like a lot of stuff, let's say I, let's say you're a big coffee drinker, right? Mm-hmm. And you're like, I'm just going to limit myself to one cup of coffee each day, but it's going to be a different type of coffee during Advent. Mm-hmm. I can see that makes sense. Yeah. Or I'm limiting myself to just one little treat, which is cheese. Maybe you eat ice cream every night and you're like, all right, I'll, I'll start eating cheese every day. Then it could be kind of penitential. Right. I'm really stretching here. You are stretching. <laughs> um, I don't know if this is a good idea. <laughs> but it's weird. Like to take the advent calendar and make it into a food thing or a drink thing. Yeah. It's not an advent calendar. Yeah, it's not. I mean, it's not an advent wreath. Like the whole like point of like the advent calendar and wreath is like the journey with Jesus. Right? Right. Not so, journey with cheeses. Right. Yeah. But what if that's all you eat all advent long? Then it becomes like a, remember that uh, Nutrisystem? Like where a you, fasting? Yeah. In Nutrisystem, mm. to lose weight, you'd order pre-portioned food, and like that's what you're eating. So it could be like a fasting calendar. 
all you're going to eat is this cheese. Golly, you would be backed up, man. <laughs> you, you you would need Snoop Dogg's <laughs> joint to get you going. <clears throat> I mean, seriously, like it's just so much bad. Yeah, things I think that's that the happen. only way that would make sense. <clears throat> but yeah, yeah, I'm not a fan of those kind of advent calendars. Mm-hmm. You know, I there's a ton of things that you could do in Advent to focus. And the Advent wreath, Advent calendar, <clears throat> um, starting this week is a thing called the Jesse Tree. You know, which is you know, a journey of, of like the, mm-hmm. um, through the old Testament into like the birth of Jesus. Love that by the way, you know, works great with kids, which is cool. Uh, it's sort of like the, um, the genealogy is part of that, right? Like yeah, yeah, yeah. the Jesse tree, there's some simple, cool things. You know, there's a lot of cool Catholic traditions that are meant to not be commercialized, but like focus in, like everything is pointing to Jesus, Jesus right. coming. And that, and that's the whole point. Right. Um, and then simply in your prayer life, like is focusing in on the gospel readings each day there, it, there's movement towards right. Jesus mm-hmm. coming. So like, like it, they're not sporadic all over. Like th- there's a, there's a linear journey that's happening. We're walking with the pregnant Mary Mm-hmm. The anticipated Joseph, the 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 baby Jesus, and and we're we're on the journey to the manger, you know, and, and the joy that's coming into the world. Okay, one one of the easiest ways to do that this Advent is to pray with the gospel readings each day. Yeah, you know, like allow your prayer time and just sit with the gospel readings. What is God saying? What is He doing? What Where's the journey? Where am I on this spiritual journey? Right, mm-hmm. just asking those questions and being in the present. So if you've never done that before, or maybe you just kind of sporadically read them, if you journey each day during Advent, like there, there will be some movement in your heart and just have the conversation with Jesus within those gospel readings, right? Yeah, I remember when Pope John Paul II released his letter on the rosary in 2002, and that, that included the new Luminous Mysteries, mm-hmm. right? Man, what a reflection on the rosary itself. I mean, it, it really is a treasure. He, mm-hmm. he left us a lot of treasures, but since he left so many treasures, he was like Santa Claus, just like, or maybe like Oprah. You get a treasure. You get a treasure. Like he was just throwing awesome stuff. You get a awesome job. Stuff. You get a book. Yeah. Just. <laughs> you get a car. Just throwing stuff all over the world for 20-something years. It's really hard to understand the gifts of each one individually. So that letter on the rosary, go back and read. It's just beautiful. But what he talks about is as you journey with the rosary for a long time, begin to associate the mysteries, like kind of reawaken the meditations on the mysteries by connecting them to each other a little bit. Or he just had a lot of good things to say about reawakening the meditation on these mysteries. And I would say the Advent season, if you've never uh, done this before, take the gospel readings like you're saying, mm-hmm. but look at them with an Advent lens. So you mentioned the two comings of Christ earlier, that Christ is coming again in glory. And Christ is coming at Christmas, and Advent is to prepare for both. So when you read the Advent readings and meditate, think about those two comings and how they're related to that gospel. Um, so, for example, we just had the Feast of St. Andrew. Mm-hmm. Not an Advent reading, quote-unquote. It's right. just the call of Andrew. But it is an Advent reading, because if you meditate on it in light of Christ coming again in glory and Christ coming at Christmas, what does that say to you, right? Like, what is the call of Andrew mean in light of Advent, it could stir up a whole new meditation journey for you as you're, as you're meditating on the Gospels during Advent. So every day, read the Gospel and ask that question. What does this have to do with the end of time when Jesus comes again? And what does this have to do with Christmas? 
and it will make for a fruitful meditation on the gospel. Yeah. Like this Sunday, you're going to hear, like we talked about John the Baptist proclaiming the Christ coming, like, in, and then, you know, the baptism and, you know, you're going to just, you're going to see this, this unfold and it's beautiful. But, and you're like, man, this is some, you know, he's talking about axes and fires and like chafing and wheat and whatever. But when you get down to it, like, and you begin to pray with it, you know, he, he has this line in there. He says, um, uh, you know, Even now the axe lies at the root of trees. Therefore, every tree that does not bear good fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. Okay, that sounds harsh. Like it's like, well, Mm. you know, he's speaking truth. But when you begin to pray with it and look at it, it's like, okay, like bearing fruit's a good thing. Mm -hmm. So where in my life am I bearing fruit or not bearing fruit? Right. So then he talks about weaf and chafe. Well, you you take the fruit of the wheat, right, and then you burn the rest away, like that, right. So so you burn the old thing. So he's not just saying like, hey, if we're not perfect, like we're going to burn in hell, like we're going. It's like, no, like let's prune back and cut back and burn away the the bad and and begin to, you know, grow fruit. And I begin to think about that as like, you know, you can have a fruit tree that produces fruit and it's sour. Mm -hmm. You know, you this time of year, for those of you who don't live in the tropical areas of the country, we have (laughs) fruit trees down here. Like this is the time of year where you pick oranges yeah and satsumas and stuff you know that are on trees right yeah and like you can get some that are so sweet oh you're like oh my gosh i had, I had one of those yesterday so good and yeah. then you'll eat one you're like this is sour yeah you know and uh someone was explaining to me is that you know if a if a tree experiences some trauma like a, a harsh winter or something like that like it its roots will will kind of like you know not <clears throat> recover quick for the next season. And mm-hmm. then so the, the, you know, the next crop of fruit on that tree might be sour from the, the trauma of the f- previous winter. Interesting. Yeah. So then if you don't take care of it, fertilize it or things like that, like it, you don't know when it'll come back. And I begin to think about that in my life, like spiritually, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, like I can have leaves on my tree or even fruit, but they might be sour. So like, am I take, am I even, am I rooting myself deep in Christ? Am I dealing with like, the hard things in my life, the trauma, the unforgiveness, the the things that God really wants me to work on this Advent. Like Advent isn't just like, hey, baby Jesus is coming. Like Advent is like is like really journeying to the heart, to the roots of our life. And this is what John the Baptist is talking about. Like, where are you not bearing fruit? You're like, oh, I'm just gonna skip over that reading. It's kind of weird. And like, no, like <laughs> and then it's causing me to actually actually look, where am I not bearing fruit? And where am I actually like, I look like I bear fruit, but the fruit's sour. Mm-hmm. You know, are my roots deep enough? Am I taking care of them? Like, am I doing the trauma work? Am I doing the wound work? Am I, am I, you know, like, am I really deep in Christ? You know, this is the journey of Advent. Like, cause Christ comes to our manger. Like he, he, he comes into like our messy manger in Bethlehem. Mm-hmm. That's our heart. Yeah. Well, and with the two comings in mind, that that makes just a lot of sense because at the end of time when Christ comes again, that's it. The fruit we have to offer is the fruit we offer him. That's it, man. Like there's no... There's nothing left on the tree. So his first coming, and the fathers of the church talk about this, his first coming is is in mercy, but his second coming is in judgment. 
And so we have to take advantage of the first coming. Mm-hmm. His coming in the manger at Bethlehem is coming on the cross to save us. It's the time of mercy right now, which is what you described, that when I have fruit that is not pleasing to him or no fruit at all, he can change that right now. Mm-hmm. He can deal with it. Yep. I can become fruitful. Yep. It can become pleasing to him. My life could please him. But when he comes again in judgment, that's it. Mm. <laughs> there's, there's no more changing. Yeah, and so like, what do we do with our tree, which is us, our heart? Like, how do we root it deeper and fertilize it? I mean, this is the beauty of the church. Like, it calls us in Advent to like really focus. Well, you know, when I was meeting my spiritual director recently, he said in times of de- desolation, you know, which might be a day or two days, you know, St. Ignatius talks about periods of desolation, you know, where we're not necessarily thinking these joyful thoughts spiritually. You know, it's like, oh man, this is a tough day. It's hard, you know, yada, yada. He says, you know, ramp up your prayer even more. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. don't do less, do more during times of desolation because that's what moves you into consolation, just knowing that God's love is present with you, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, we all experience that, and all of our roots and our trees, our fruit, like, experience harsh winters, hard days. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, like, we're all getting the analogy here. What do we do? Well, this is the beauty of the church. Like, all the things help to fertilize the tree, you know, the sacraments, reconciliation, the Eucharist, uh, prayer each day, the rosary, um, devotions to saints, um, <clears throat> immersing ourselves in community, our men's group. Like all these things are added, working together to fertilize the roots so that we bear fruit that is tasteful and sweet not bitter. The challenge of the spiritual life, there are stages, there's stages to our spiritual development. Um, The first real stage is I I begin to, I accept the Lord into my life and I strive to follow him in such a way that I would bear fruit. But the next stage, which has to um, take a lot of pruning and a lot of healing and a lot of profound work, is that I begin to care more about him being pleased with my life than me being pleased with my life. Mm. And that is a difference because bearing fruit is not enough. Busying myself with a lot of things that are godly, that's not enough for me, for him. He's not necessarily pleased with that. Mm. He'd rather have the fruit he really wants, not all the fruit that I want, but the fruit he really wants. And if I follow his will in such a way that is pleasing to him before it's pleasing to me, that takes a lot of work, and we don't really know that we do that. We don't really know. I mean, like if we're broken or experience trauma, we don't really realize how that brokenness and trauma is causing me to not want to lit. It's causing my heart to be kind of closed in on itself and not open to pleasing him more completely, and we don't know it. And that's, that's, that's the difficult part of this spiritual work and why it takes a while. And so you do need someone outside of yourself, a spouse, a counselor, a spiritual director, somebody, to be able to help you navigate that and say, look, the Lord um, the Lord wants you to be healed this way. Mm-hmm. The Lord wants you to deal with this because your prayer is being affected by it. Your relationship with him is being affected by it. And um, that's hard to hear, but that is why we have seasons like Advent. It's, let's hear that stuff right now. Right. And if you're 
if you don't want to hear stuff like that, then when, like you said, John the Baptist says, uh, you know, that the ax lies at the root of the tree, like right. God's ready to cut stuff down. Hmm. You're like, oh no, I'm going to stay away. Hmm. But if you're ready to grow and journey and please him, you actually want to go to the ax. Like, Lord, cut it down. Cut it all. <laughs> don't leave any hmm. of the weeds. Um, because now is the time to do that. Hmm. You know, um, someone else was explaining to me as well, is that when like roots die, you know, like when a tree dies or like vines, let's say like grapevines, like that you could take another vine or a tree or roots of tree and graft it, you know, Mm -hmm. and then replant it. And then it'll, it'll start bearing and grow, you know? And it's interesting. Like there'll be parts of our life that, that die. Like they just, you know, we didn't do well, you know, it's like, but like God doesn't just, he cuts us down and can and regrafts us. I mean, and we're, you know, as we talk about Advent, like Christ coming, like he doesn't just come in a manger in Bethlehem and we think of this historically, right? He comes into the manger of our heart, you guys. Like, like this is important. Like Jesus longs to be in our heart and to graft himself into our life. And when Jesus is growing inside of us, Yes, the old places will then begin to fall away, but we will begin to experience new life, like real new life, a new tree growing within us. This is why St. Paul talks about, like, the old has passed away. Behold, new things will come. Jesus brings the new life, new roots, and as he grows in us, new fruit comes. We begin to do things that we never did before, say things we never did before, forgive the way we never did before. Uh, have peace the way we never did before. And that's that's Advent, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. That Jesus comes into that. All right, let's take a quick break, and we'll be right back. Paying too much for health care and supporting services you don't believe in? Our sponsor, Solidarity HealthShare, has prices that are 60% less than the nation's average cost of health care. Join the nation's leading healthcare sharing ministry built by people of faith for people of faith, saving money through ethical and affordable healthcare. Call now to see how much you can save at 844-387-8533. That's Solidarity HealthShare, 844-387-8533. Welcome back to the show. Great to be with you. Um, Deacon Adam Conk mm-hmm. and Paul George. Which one are you? I am the latter. I told you the show was going to ramp up, man. We started off slow. And you then felt that? Before we, before we knew, it was like, boom. Boom. We're in drive. We're going <laughs> fast. We are going fast. Yeah. We kind of warm up. You know, some days we're just warming up. Well, you have to wait. We get to it. It's an Advent theme. You gotta wait. But I do have a question for you. Oh, yeah. Uh, if you could have any edible Advent wreath, what, what would it be? Hmm. Well, if I'm gonna please myself, yes, this is what I I'm, could answer that. Or if I'm gonna please the Lord, no, 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 no. <laughs> if you could just like just, let's just indulge in the moment. Uh huh. <clears throat> edible? Yeah. Probably be. Uh, Varieties of chocolates, I would say. Varieties of chocolates. Like if it's a little tiny thing, 
just varieties. Want, you know, because we have Mardi Gras here, which we mm-hmm. actually, for those people who don't know about Mardi Gras, we have king cakes, and they're round, and they do have Christian symbolism, like, you know. So, but the Advent, Advent wreath is also round, you mm-hmm. know, circular. Wedding rings are round, like God's love is, you know, like, uh, in, anyway. Um, so these, you know, king cakes that we celebrated, you know, Paul George, I think you just did something. Is an uh, advent cake. Yes. This is kind of what in my mind was what I was thinking. But That's a great idea. Yeah. So like my my edible advent wreath would be probably like brisket and sirloin mm. each day. Does sound pretty good. Yeah. So but I think look, if you're a if you're a baker listening, please don't steal Paul's idea. Call him up. That's a great idea. An advent if cake. you go back and listen to all two hundred and something shows, there's an idea <laughs> on every other. Yeah, but show this one, this one could actually make work. Someone money. This one could actually. I'm work. just telling you, yeah. there, there is like an idea on every other show. So if you're an entrepreneur out there, you just give us royalties on our idea. You implement it. That's true. But Please if you do. steal it, we're coming after you. I got a good lawyer. <laughs> do you? Oh yeah. So but, just it's easy. Implement the idea. If I see a just bakery give pop up with an advent cake, Adam, I'm gonna call them up. And be like, Adam Where did and you get I this idea? Royalties, because that that is a good idea. People would buy it. Advent but you could cake. put candles in it. You could put candles in it. Um, it would be purple, you know, with a little pink. I mean, that's the thing. Just do a king cake, but an advent cake. Yeah. Gosh, you did it, Paul. Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah. It's me and my ideas. <laughs> Going nowhere in life. This is true. Mm-hmm. I was thinking about something when you brought up the uh, vine grafting. Yeah. Remember that? Mm-hmm. And how Jesus wants to come into our heart. Yeah. And like, I was thinking about how he said, I am the vine, you are the branches. Do you remember him saying that? I do actually remember that. And I realized something about myself in all spiritual journeys. You know, like if if Jesus, who's already alive, gets grafted onto me. Mm-hmm. There is this period where like I'm still the vine and he's the branch. Mm. But he's growing. But, like I'm kind of driving the ship a little mm-hmm. bit, but like he's part of it. But as he grows, now he switches to being the vine and I'm the branch. Mm-hmm. And that's uh that's different. You know, that's that's like a that's that second conversion we talk about. First conversion is like you're right, I need Jesus. Let him come on in. He'll be a branch on my vine in my life, you know. I'll let him in. But like I'm still driving the ship right i'm still the main you know root system but he's the vine and i'm the branch that takes some courage to wait wait on the vine you know yeah gosh makes me want to do that i want to do that you let should Jesus be that. the vine you should let him do that i mean he kind of says it so you should probably do it yeah mm-hmm. yeah all right how about <laughs> you know since first week of advent we do a six pack of questions question Question number one. So we mentioned, uh, or I mentioned, I'm going to get some counseling on air if that's okay. Okay. Yeah, All right. So sure. I mentioned uh, that sometimes we might try to resolve relationships but don't succeed. Mm-hmm. So tell me tell me kind of like a, a, a good path, because I know during Advent, I'm not going to be the only one. A lot of us, to prepare for Christmas, the Lord might want us to reconcile with some folks. Mm-hmm. Describe a good path. I know there's not a cookie cutter path, but maybe there is like a little process. There's not. There's not a cookie cutter. It's not always black and white. I would say this, like if it's something I have personally done to damage a relationship, then and if, if I'm big enough and good enough to pray through it, then it's my responsibility 
mm-hmm. to go back and apologize. Not my responsibility to know how someone's going to respond. They may not forgive me. They may, right? Mm-hmm. So if I've done something, then I need to own it and and apologize for it. Okay. Mm-hmm. If someone else has done something that's hurt me, then and I need to forgive them, then you know I don't know if you should go to that person directly or not. Like you could forgive them without doing that, or you can forgive them by going to them, right? There's some things that are unreconcilable. Maybe there's people who just don't care, don't listen, don't want to talk. Um, you've tried to talk to them and they just, maybe they, they just see it through other lenses that are clouded and wounded and there's nothing you could do about it. So the piece of letting that go and just saying it's not mine to deal with. And then you brought up a great point earlier when just saying like, there's people I've tried to talk to and it hadn't gone well. So I'm just putting it in God's hands. And like, if he wants it, I'm going to allow his grace to lead it and make it happen. And I think as long as that you can just own it and put it in God's hands and like, just say, Lord, I'm not forgetting about this, but there's nothing I can personally do about it. I'm giving it to you. Then, then that's a, that's a good thing as well, because some things we just have to, we have to give to Jesus and let him take care of it, you know? Yeah. And do miracles. So, yeah. All right, question number two, we talked about waiting on the Lord. And uh, this idea of surrender kind of stood out. We didn't even say it, but it just kind of sent like kind of a summary mm-hmm. idea. But this importance of surrendering spiritually. Mm-hmm. And I notice in your book that I'm reading that will be out next uh, next spring, mm-hmm. in co- the chapter on St. Ignatius of Loyola. So I was saying about his surrender prayer mm-hmm. and how uh, it's not a prayer you pray once, but it was... You know, mm-hmm. you pray it often. Yeah. Tell me about that kind of journey with you, him in that prayer, and, and this idea of surrendering spiritually. Gosh. It's, I it's think place. it's a daily thing. Yeah. You know, it's like, hey, what's what's daily in the Christian journey? Prayer. Surrender. Mm. You know, like, life's not about me. Life's more difficult than, than it should be for all of us. I need to surrender. You know, be in the moment. God, you have control over my life. And I'm going to do the best I can. I mean, honestly, like, I mean, that's the journey is just surrendering to the Lord each day, you know? Yeah. So, all right. Question number three, talked about being stout hearted and waiting for the Lord, like mm. having take heart. And I won't say the priest's name cause it's, it's his story, not mine, but there's a really great story of a, of a local priest that, um, he was visiting the Pope John Paul II, who mm-hmm. we already talked about. <clears throat> and with some other seminarians when he was a seminarian. Mm-hmm. And so it was just kind of a line of seminarians, like, oh, hello, hello, Holy Father. You just shake his hand. He says one thing, then you move on, which right. happens a lot yeah. in uh, papal audiences. You you saw John Paul II. I never did. Anyway, long story short, when he sees this priest, something about this priest made John Paul II tell him, coraggio, like take courage. Mm. And ever since I heard that story, I'm like, what is it about people who lack courage that's kind of in their eyes? There's something. Like, you, you almost see it. There's something in their eyes, some of the way they move, whatever. And uh, that call to take courage just kind of snaps mm. a lot of it. Um, tell me about that importance of, of courage to wait, courage in the spiritual life, and, like, talk to that person who's in that spot right now. Like, be John Paul II to one of our listeners who, like, just needs to take courage. What? It's kind of what we're dealing with in our men's group right now. Like we're talking about having the the virtue of courage, 
Caraggio to just do the hard things. And then, you know, we mentioned earlier, like doing the hard, doing the hard things, the results of those are joy and peace that come through them. Right. Mm -hmm. But it does take courage to do hard things spiritually, physically, emotionally. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, like what is, what are some hard things I need to push through and actually do that? Lord, just give me the courage to do them. Like just to do them, you know, to wake up early, deal with this, to say this, to yada, yada, yada. Because the fruits of those, like, like when we become holy and gritty in our walk with the Lord, like the, the fruit of that is more peace and more joy, more hope, because we're, we're actually facing the things that we're supposed to be facing and we're not running from them. Yeah. So what I would say is like on the other end of like taking courage is like great fruit, right? God's not going to leave you abandoned. He says that in scripture. He's not going to leave you doing this alone. He's going to give you the grace you need, mm. you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, All right, question number four. So you've given a multitude of Advent missions mm-hmm. in your life. I have, yeah. Just so many. None this year. Taking a break. That's awesome. Good for you. Experience in Advent myself. <laughs> <laughs> but you've given a lot of Advent missions. And I'm wondering what um, what messages during Advent that you found really resonated with people? Obviously the theme of patience and waiting, but what have you found most effective people needing to hear in this time of year uh, to really do Advent well? Because when we go to these missions, like people want to do it well, right? You don't show up at an Advent mission because you need to be convinced. Like you're trying to do the Advent thing. You're trying to prepare for his coming. Um, I what, love Advent missions. What messages have like resonated Maybe even more so than, than Lent. Mm-hmm. So I think, you know, there's so much about Advent that people are longing for this time of year. A lot of people deal with all sorts of emotions around the holidays and end of year and the stress from the whole year. Advent kind of falls within all those emotions. Had a long year. It's been tough. Emotions around the holidays, you know, mm-hmm. whereas Lent kind of falls, you know, more kind of in a time of year that's it's, it's beginning of the year. There's no real holiday, you know, yeah, Easter, but you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, and Advent just, there's such a message of hope and that's hard, like, because like, and that's what we want in our hearts more than anything is there's hope for tomorrow, for today. There's light, you know, there's light in the darkness you know, that's Advent. And I think like what I love about Advent is like in the midst of like my own struggles and pain and darkness, there's light, there's hope. That's the beauty of Advent. Jesus comes into our dark manger and our hopeless manger and brings that, you know, to us. That's what we all want. We all long for what we all need. So we do need a little hope. Yeah. All right, question number five. So you started the year working on joy. Remember that? Yeah, I did, actually. And the year is uh, almost yep. at an end. Yep. So tell me how that's going. Well, next year I already have my my word. Oh, yeah? Yeah. No kidding. Yes, I do. Is it joy number two or no? Uh, it's not joy 2.0. It's it's hope point one. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. So joy is leading to hope. Mm-hmm. Tell me about for this For me journey. personally, yeah. it's just been, I, just, I have found that this year for me, focusing on one word spiritual word has just done great. Now I'm not like got joy down to the T where I'm like, I'm moving on. No, I'm still there, but it's really helped me to like focus in my prayer in my healing in my journey in like, so like, I'm like, let's, you know, let's run it back. Mm -hmm. Just choose another word. So you do it again. You're going to do it another word. I am. 
and I already have it. That's awesome. Yeah. Hope. Well, I guess technically an advent. We're I was thinking about year, that the other day. It's so interesting you bring mm-hmm. that up, you know. And, you know, to kind of snoop on the stoop, I'm going to go, <laughs> instead of dope, have hope. <laughs> right? Not, that, that's a t-shirt. That's it. Yeah. Well, if you buy an advent cake, it should come with a bumper sticker, a t-shirt, instead of dope, have hope. Yeah. I think that's I great. mean, it's true. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Question number six. Um, so let's imagine there was a Paul George version of Snoop on a stoop. So you were the doll. Um, what P- would you PG on your is, knee? This is really two <laughs> PG on your knee. The, uh, these are actually two questions for question number six. Instead of marijuana, what would you have with you? And then what would what would you want people to do with you? Put you out on a stoop? Uh, move you around the house? Put you on the mantle? Like what makes sense? For Paul George, PG on the knee. <clears throat> I guess on the knee would. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think I would have anything in my mouth. Maybe. A, I don't know. I could see like a. Um, I think a, a, a good V-neck T-shirt on Co- a, a coffee in my hand. Coffee in your hand. An iced tea. I'm pretty simple. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. You're so, getting choked up about this. Yeah. I'm sorry. I didn't make it. An emo- I, I, I didn't make it. I wouldn't put me as like the center of attention. Like, I don't want to be on your shelf or on your stoop. Where do you want to be? Yeah, I'm <clears throat> hidden in the background. Wow. Like in the storage closet? Like praying for you behind the tree. <laughs> you know, PG behind the tree. So like George in the garage? <laughs> George in the garage? <laughs> that doesn't sound right. Yeah. I don't think you would want to look at me every day. Like how, <laughs> like how narcissistic of Snoop Dogg. Like to think you want a doll of me on your stoop <laughs> at least elf on the shelf isn't a real person right you know yeah. like somebody just made up a make-believe thing i think paul in the hall could work then because it's in the hall it's not all the time or paul in the wall that could work yeah you have to like open yeah mm-hmm. paul in the I'm wall behind your sheetrock <laughs> <laughs> there i am paul in the wall you just okay. hear a little knocks all right well look i'm gonna talk to some bakers in town We'll do advent cakes that mm-hmm. come with Paul on the wall. And what what did you say? The t-shirt? Shoot. Hope no dope. Yeah, yeah. hope not dope. Yeah. That sounds like a real advent I'm so winner. glad that we can just make your advent special today, whoever's listening. <laughs> so. this, is, this is the best start to advent you e- could have. Ever. There's so much here. So much. So laugh and cry in advent. Have a good time. <laughs> what a journey. And uh, praying for you guys. Thanks for listening to the show here in Acadia or on the podcast. Feel free to share it and be a part of it. Um, More information, go to paulgeorge.la. And we'll talk to you next week. God bless.